This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. From Flint to Philadelphia, from Hollywell to Hollywood. Rob Ryan Red is a brand new Wrexham AFC fans podcast by Nathan Salt and Richard Fay. Now, maybe you're well-versed in Wrexham history, or maybe you're new here, so here's a few things to jog your memory. Here is Vose, great dribbling by Don Vose, and still, Vose, he gets past another, oh, what a goal! Don Vose, one of the goals of the season, he has toyed with the defence there, and that is remarkable, the Bull Boys getting involved. Conor Jennings, the captain, Wrexham's top goal scorer, 13 for the season, 14! Wrexham lead! It's Wrexham 1! Chester now! It's McDonough for Wrexham! Still Jerry McDonough! It's Matt Curran in! McDonough around the keeper! Wrexham! Wrexham! to the lead, ladies! If yesterday was a Black Friday, then today is a Red Saturday! Welcome to another episode. No Rich today. Rich usually does the introductions, but he is swanning off around Scotland. So it's me, Nathan Salt, in the chair again. And I've enlisted the help of a good friend of mine, uh, also in the media. Wrexham are quite a, quite a group now of, of kind of fans that work in the media. I've got Dan Salisbury-Jones on from ITV. Dan, how are you doing? Uh, very well, thank you. Not too bad. Not too bad. Good, good. Well, you are going to Solihull. You were one of the ones that managed to scramble to get a ticket. Um, for Damson Park, a bit of a nightmare, as we'll, I'm sure we'll get on to, but lots of Wrexham fans descending in, I'm sure, home and away. Uh, although keep keep that quiet if you are in the home end. But Dan, I, I guess first thing to say is big news this week: Luke Young, captain. That's the, been the big one. We've seen the armband passed around. Luke Young wore it against Curzon Ashton in the friendly. We've seen Jordan Davis have it. Obviously, a lot of emotion there. Local lad. Seen others have it, but. What are your thoughts on that? You know, not maybe the ranter and raver that Pearson is, but he's been around the club. This is his fourth season now. What do we think of that? Well, I think that's that, that's the key to it, really, isn't it? That he's been around, um, not just at Wrexham. You know, he, he he has got an awful lot of experience. We lost quite a bit of experience, obviously, particularly with Pearson going. Um, and then we signed players that have uh, an immense amount of uh, of, of experience in. And, you know, I mean, De- Jones would be perfect, wouldn't he, in in, in, in many respects. But, uh, you know, he knows the club. 
Um, and it, it, and I think that they want to keep that um, that continuity. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've, I've got no no qualms of it at all. I think it was um, it, it all makes sense to me. It's a funny one, isn't it? Because, you know, captains, what people think of as a captain is very different. You know, you might get a kind of, um, you know, rant and raver banging in the tunnel and, and X, Y, Z. Or you might just get someone like Luke Young, who a lot of the times on the podcast last season, we said just reliable. Most tweets, he wouldn't really let you down. He wouldn't have a complete, you know, very rarely does he have a Newport away in the cup where we think he's completely let us down. And when he got mm-hmm. that red card and it's just not like him at all. It would have to be something out of the ordinary. So I think Parkinson's probably come in and Steve Parkin and gone. Luke Young will be able to play most games, most weeks, which Dave Jones probably won't be able to do. He's what two-time player of the year. He's reliable now, if anything. Absolutely. That, that, and, and that's what you want, isn't it, in a captain? You want to be able to look across the pitch and, and, and your man's there, you know, and there is that safe pair of hands and, you know, everything's okay here. You know, because we've seen it, I think, particularly when, when when Pearson wasn't around, when things might be going around wrong and, and people are looking around, nobody's got that that sense of authority to um, to, to to get a grip on the game again. Um, and so, hopefully, you know, this will um, empower him, and you know, maybe we will we will see a bit of a different side to him as well. You never know. Right, completely possible. And I mean. One of the things we haven't had a chance to, to really catch up like this while the, you know, kind of the squad's been forming over the summer. But what have you made of it in terms of, I ask into the, you know, media, there's loads of media attention as we see. And, and you know, the, especially the, this week with first time we've done a pod since the sign went up on, on the Slack heap. Uh, what, what, you know, that's obviously gained a lot of attention in terms of broadcast, which obviously you, you focus more on. It's very visual, that kind of, that sign in Ross Dutlin. What's kind of the buzz do you think about Wrexham? Because I know as fans, we we think we're, you know, such a big draw, but, but I really feel like now generally it's really big news, no? Everything that we do. Uh, well, 100%, you know, we've had them on on, on the national news, um, the, the UK national news, on a number of, of occasions in, in the last year where I cannot remember another case when prior to that. Um, you know, Wrexham are a very, very big club in in the National League, uh, but that doesn't translate to to airtime um, on on that on that stage. You know, it doesn't even translate to airtime for, for for clubs in the Championship. So, so never mind Wrexham. Um, and you know, I think it's it's just galvanised people, and it and it was the perfect tonic last year. Um, given all all the misery, all the doom and gloom that was around, for this story to come around, how unbelievable it was, and how um, how fun it was, really, um, and and I think the way that they have gone about it and embraced uh, the the club and and the culture and and everything around it um, has been admirable, and and that's really added to the story. It, I don't know about you, but it, it really feels like a lot has happened. It's been a long time since full-time whistle blew at Dagenham. We've got Dean basically cut up in his in his interview, thinking he knows it's over. And you know, they as much as Ryan and Rob are getting lots of advice from huge key figures, people like Sean Harvey, we've spoken about many times, and and Peter Moore and Flirt, people like that, Les Reed as well. 
uh, you know, what have you made of the way where we are now? I know, I know some fans are kind of a bit frustrated. I maybe thought we'd have a, an extra body in there in midfield. I know Dave Jones has come in, but not going to have the reliability, unfortunately, at, at the age he is. And he's coming as a player coach. Mm. Overall, I mean, I think I said to you before we came on, am I just getting slightly greedy? I think it's been an unbelievable summer, hasn't it, with, with who we brought in? Yeah, it's, it's been it's been stunning, really, isn't it? And I, you know, I mean that, that comes with the territory now, and and, and we're gonna um, have to get have to get used to that, and, and and maybe get used to being being a little bit greedy. But I don't think it's the end of the world to go into the first game of the season without uh, every signing having been made, and and maybe there are there are one or two holes. You know, you want to make sure that the best players are coming through that door, and 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 it's not always easy. It's not always straightforward. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's still very much early enough that, that we can go into this with, with, with the confidence that, that they know what they're doing um, and they feel that they, they've got enough to, to get three points against Solihull. And, and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see where we go from there. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. There are one or two holes in there that are, that are pretty obvious. But, you know, do you... Do you kind of rush and, and and fill those gaps now, or do you do, do you wait one or two weeks and and make sure you're definitely getting the right man? No, hundred percent. I mean, you're right. We've spoken about before about you know they really took their time over Dave Jones and they really took their time over Dean Furman and, and eventually they kept one of them and, and Furman's now on trial at Altrincham. So yeah, the, and and we can't. Which, which by the way, it makes, it makes such sense that that you know that that discussion about Dave Jones and and filling in. As a as a centre back, when when actually the, the second centre back isn't really needed, when when you're dominating against the side and you need something else going forward, it makes complete sense that the amount of times, God, you've watched Wrexham in this league where, <laughs> you know, it, it, we, we've been on top and, and just not been able to find a way through, um, and to have that option, I think, you know, could it could win us. You know, a handful of games this season. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that one hundred percent. I think you know there are teams where, especially at the race course, we should just dominate them, and you don't need to have a three-man defensive midfield. It's just not that it's just not not use. But talking about three points at Solihull, I mean, I'd, I mean, even the most optimistic fan will know that we've got a, a shoddy record there. I don't think we've ever won there. It's in since they've formed as you know gone from two clubs to one. It's something about Damson Park. I mean, I've been a few times. You are going in. The atmosphere should be great for Wrexham fans. And what we've seen in the news this week, and I, I touched on this in an interview later in the pod with David Lawrence, who covers Solihull, about Kyle Hudlin. You know, we've seen him linked with Manchester City of all clubs this week. I mean, if they can't get Harry Kane, then just go and get a six foot nine, the tallest player in Britain. Um, but no, something like yeah, Solihull, it's a weird league, isn't it, Dan? Because I don't really know. I mean, there's probably about four or five, six teams that really think they've got a chance, you know, not just us. I know we might be the bookies' favourites, but we've been we've been here long enough now to know that champion, championship is, is not easy to win at all. Oh, it, it, it really, really isn't. And I think Solihull are a good example of a, of one of the exceptional sides in, in, in this league that are incredibly resilient and, and are always... Um, or they always seem to be uh, up and around the, the the top half of the table, and 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 they seem to have a 
a consistency that that they always seem to have a very very decent side and um for whatever reason they do have a bit of a hoodoo over Wrexham um it, you know let's let's hope it right let's yeah let's let's hope hope that does end this weekend <laughs> yeah let's hope but but you know kind of there's so many teams we're looking at Chesterfield and Stockport there they're probably the two as well as Torquay that are really looked at but you know, with everything going on at Wrexham and, and kind of all the back and forth we'll have on, on social media, and I know that, you know, is not the players' concern or, or Phil Parkinson's, we've got such a massive target on our back, haven't we? We've, we've just got to deliver, especially early on, I think, because if not, it, it, it we, you know, we're such a scalp that everyone wants to think in front of the cameras as well, in front of the documentary cameras. We, we've yeah. signed quality players, but we have to back it up and, and early as well, I think. Well, I tell you what, if, 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 <laughs> if we thought when we got relegated from the Football League that first season that we were in in, in the National League, that, that, oh, we were the big scalp, that, that, oh, that oh, every team raises their game to play against Wrexham, I don't think we have, we've seen, we haven't seen nothing yet. I think this is going to be a, a real, real test um, in, in that sense. I think every single team that we come up against this season are going to know that they're going to be put onto a onto a platform that that they're not normally on and and i think that's potentially the biggest the biggest challenge that we're going to have this season making sure that every single game we are as up for it as the team we're playing against working in broadcast media this is what i was going to ask you and i just ask you you know even off the pod what do you make of the documentary you know because you know what it takes to to put admittedly say news packages or, or feature packages mm-hmm. together what's your kind of feeling about that? Are you excited to see how it turns out? Because you, there'll be so much to get in there. What will be, you know, an episodical kind of um, feature. But I, I'm sure for you that it will be really interesting to just see it from both the media side and the, and the, fa- and the fan side. I think it'll be, it'll be fascinating. I think one thing that I'm slightly concerned by for them is, is the lack of fans in it, in that first series, because, you know, it, it makes such a difference, doesn't it, to, to the atmosphere around games. I, I think if you um, if you watch a match now without any fans in the stadium, it's suddenly noticeable again. I think we kind of forgot um, last season and and, and uh, well, hadn't forgot, but you know, you almost become used to to not having fans in grounds and um, and kind of accepting it and and, and that being fine, but. To, have fans back in and then to to be watching something that's retrospective that doesn't have have fans in in the stadiums you know i think i think that will be the biggest challenge to make things feel like they're big events um again but i think uh, there is going to be so much to squeeze into it you know all the to and fro and about the buying of the club you know and and all the all the kind of changes within the club and and, and the stuff behind the scenes i think is just going to be um going to going to be extraordinary and you know the best thing about it is that it didn't go to plan last year so it's going to be entertaining yeah exactly i've ever worked out for them in a, in a way now before we <laughs> throw it under solly hall and and a kind of um we, we wrap it up let's try and let's try and come to a, an agreement which let's see if we can come to an agreement on the team we think should be going out against Solihull. So you've turned up, you've got in uh, and you're packed out. And Leighton is what we, I'm sure we would both prefer to have as our number one, but given he's not played, 
will probably it's probably going to be Christian Dibble. That, that's what I would assume. You'd agree with that, I would think. I, 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 I think so. Yeah, and I think we yeah. can get away. We can get away with that for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think so. I'd agree with that. And I think, do you think he sticks with the three five? So he seems to have favoured this three at the back in in preseason as kind of a three three five two or three three in midfield and two up top. That's what it seems to be, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I think it would be odd to to move away from that when mm. you know when, when you're getting the players used to it. I think to then throw that all out the window for the first game of the season would be a a, a, a bit of a bold move. Mm. But you know, I so, so honest, think, I, yeah. So you got that. So you got Aaron Hayden in there, surely. You know, Summerside yeah, yeah, played yeah, against yeah, absolutely hundred percent. You get him in there. And then you think we're not sure. I'm personally not sure if Brisley is fit, and we don't know about Harry Lennon as well. Mm. If that's the case, are you thinking somebody like a, a Jamie Record and maybe a Tyler French in there, or are you thinking even look to someone like a Max Cleworth in there? You really sort of. Um, I personally wouldn't want to see too much wouldn't. youth in that first game. Not for me. No, not at all. I think t- Tyler French again, a little bit like Dibble. You, you get away with that for a couple of weeks, mm. and and you know completely, completely fine stepping in at, at any point throughout the season. You know, really, really capable. Um, is not going to rip up trees and get us out of this league, but perfectly capable, absolutely fine. Um, and I don't have any major worries about that. Um, but mm. you know, if somebody like Clareth, who I don't know enough about, you know, no. I, I mean, fantastic if he does get that nod, obviously, sure. and, and it would be. Um, I'm sure he'd be backing himself, but you know, I, I think it's it's quite a lot to ask of mm. of, a, of a young player. Well, Jamie, Jamie Records, formerly, you know, of Solihull as, as well. So, I mean, he's got that kind of understanding of what he'll come up against. I think the wing-backs are pretty solid. I mean, Resaw Johnson was one of my candidates for player of the season. I think he's, he's a shoe in there. No complaints there. And I, I think mm. Cam Green really looked good towards the end of last season. And I think has probably established himself as that starting left wing-back. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. He, he looks right there, you think? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And uh, interesting with record actually like and and his you know to be honest I I, I really enjoyed watching him um mm. and uh, and actually what not just what he does defensively but going forward um and and you're right against Solihull his former club absolutely the the, the, the he'd be backing himself 100 so I think definitely Definitely, I think, I, I think I'd that, want him signing. In, in any case, to be honest, I want him signing. Yeah, okay, okay, I like that. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. I think I think he's just got more. You know, he had his COVID scare. He's got a bit more in the bank with you know, kind of Brisley's been out and and Lennon's just been really kind of cotton wrapped in cotton wool. Don't think I'd be throwing him in there. Mm. Then we get into the, then we get into the midfield. We know Youngie's going to be in there. You know, got the armband. And I think there was some fans were a little bit itchy and kind of scratchy about Jordan Davis being in that sort of CDM role. For you, would you rather him be sort of the top of that three and then maybe a slot of Dave Jones in there? I I think it's really, really difficult for Jordan Davis. And I, and I really hope that his career isn't defined by that, not finding his 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 best position if you like um and yeah. i and i hope that that he really nails down a certain spot this season and and i and i think he will i think you know that 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 year last year just to you know properly get his head around the national league and and i think you know i've got real hope that now he will he will kick on and have that 
um, yeah, that, that that certainty of where he's where he's going to play, and and I think it could be, I think we could properly see what he can do this year. He's got to have a full season, hasn't he? Where he just sort of had a 50-50 season last year. Second half, I thought he was probably one of the best players in the division. First mm-hmm. half, it looked like he was he was scared to sort of pass it forward. You know, he desperately didn't want to give it away. Um, I remember sort of plenty of examples turn of the year, but got to pull it all together now. You know, everything's there for him. He's around better players. You know, no disrespect to what he had before, but mm. you think you know Liam McAlinden as well is another that's that's pushing it if they do play. Jordan Davis is a central defensive midfielder, which feels a little bit restrictive. And then the two up top, I don't think we can have any arguments if fit that it's definitely going to be Paul Mullen and, and Jake Hyde. I mean, that's arguably one of the, well, if not the best strike force we've had in in, in a long, long time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's, that's, that's really, really exciting. And to be honest, the best since Mount, it should be. Mm, 100%. It should be. We've not really... You know, and and to, to be honest, it's a little bit unfair on the strikers that we've had in that we've we've probably not had the they've not had the service that that they should have done either. But um, you know, I've not been as excited about a front line since we had we had Louis Mount. No, no, I mean he's he's and unfortunately for him, it's just not really. I mean, it went well for him at Motherwell, but yeah, best wishes to, to Louis because he you know he's injured at the moment and. Kind of yeah, wishing him all the best. Uh, as for Kwame Thomas as well, another that, that's out the side and, and coming back from a really significant injury. Um, and what I'm going to play Price. now is did I did I just uh-huh. call him Louis Mount? I may have you just called, you just, much, called it, you just called just him Louis Mount, much, but I mate, I've just had too much time with 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 England this summer. Yeah, I'm sorry no, to I, say, I, I, you know what? I just glossed over it because I thought I'm not going to pull you up on it. I mean, if that was Rich, I'd have pulled him up on it mercilessly. But I thought, oh. you know, your first time on the pod, I don't want to rip you about. No, Louis Moult. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And, and I actually tipped that I think Jake Hyde will score more goals this season than Paul Mullen, which seems an interesting shout. I just think Mullen can do more in terms of creation, which is what I think we saw in preseason a little bit. It's early days, you know. I, I, we'll see how it actually pans out in the games, but I think that Hyde will probably have never had a better strike partner for him than Mullen. And well, let's see. But all we want is three points at Solihull. That's all we want—a big away support, and then we've got you know the game trip down to Eastleigh again. It'll be a big support, and then we've got that night game against Notts County. So the games are going to come thick and fast now. And like you say, it's a big. Big old target on our back and everyone will want to beat us. And, and I spoke to David Lawrence, a Solihull writer and uh, runs an agency called Right Angle Media. What I'm going to play you now is my interview with him and he's going to give us the Solihull perspective. So as I said at the beginning of the show, I'm with David Lawrence, who covers the Moors, works for Right Angle Media, his own agency. David, thanks for coming on to Rob Ryan Red. I guess the first question is, what are we expecting from Solihull Moors this weekend? You know, Wrexham, we're expecting Yeovil, and for many weeks we've been working towards Yeovil. Now we're, we're thrown ahead to a game that we were expecting to be on Good Friday, Solihull. It's not been a good place for us to go, Damson Park, in, in recent years. I don't think we've ever won there. What are we expecting? Are we expecting another tough test for Wrexham? I think you will, Nathan, to be honest. Although, um, for a lot of the, the Moors fans, it's probably the unknown as well. Um, it's uh, We've got a new manager, 
um, the manager took over in the closed season. Um, and uh, let me think, six six or seven new signings, key signings at that as well, um, and a few players returning. So it could be a side, a new manager, and a totally different side to the, uh, to the Moors team that saw out the end of last season. There's also a couple of familiar faces, aren't there, that, that seem to regularly haunt Rex, and I'm thinking of the likes of Kyle Storer, who's been on Rexham's books, I think Alex Goodger has scored against us in the past. So there's that kind of key spine and of, of, of big lads and you know, need we say that in this week in the news that Kyle Hudlin is you know, all this talk about Man City supposedly watching him. He's a handful, isn't he? And and, and kind of they've got a lot of big players again, Solly Hall, even with all the changes. Well you said it, big players, and there's none bigger than big Kyle. Um six foot nine. Um, and what a meteoric rise he's made. I mean, last season um, he was playing uh, in step seven. Um, I don't know what the equivalent is up in uh, up, up your way, but it's it's not quite a Sunday side, but um, it's very much Parks football. Um, Moore's the, the Moore's manager at the time um, saw something in him, brought him in, and you could see straight away that the guy had actually got something. He's He's six foot nine, but he's not just a, a head on a stick, shall we say. He's got great skill. Um, and we've, we've had so many managers last, these last few months. But um, the interim manager, the, the manager we had on loan, Mark Yates, who I'm sure you're well aware of, but uh, he said to me, he's just like got dynamite in his feet. Um, the guy can side foot it into the roof of the net from 30 yards. Yeah, that's not, um, that's not what we want to hear when we've got when we've got a centre back <laughs> crisis. That's not what we need, David. To be honest with you, um, and, and you know that we we've signed a, a striker from Cambridge this summer, well known. You know, Paul Mullin, and spent big money to get him. You've also got a striker in Moors um, from from Cambridge. who's was alone at Weymouth. His name is slipping. Yeah. Name is slipping my mind and, now. Andrew Dallas. Andrew, Andrew Dallas, Dallas. That's the one. Andrew, Andrew Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. And again, he's come in. You know, Moors have paid a fee for him, and a lot's expected of him. So, it seems like Neil Ardley has really addressed the forwards and made sure he's got enough in the bank to to really give it a go this year. Well, I think he's had to um, work quite hard in the summer because um, all talk was that Kyle Hudlin was going to leave. Um, Maybe not to Man City, but there were certainly a lot of championship clubs that were looking at him. So I think everyone presumed he'd be on his way. So we were quite short up top. Um, we've got Adam Rooney, of course, who's uh, I'm probably familiar to a few few of the fans up there. Um, so Rooney was injured for most, well, probably about half of last season. So I don't think Solihull fans have actually seen the best out of him yet. But obviously he's a, a proven scorer. Um, and so I think he wanted to make a move to bring somebody else in in case Kyle Hudlin did go. As you say, Andy Dallas has come in, um, Cambridge, scored a lot of goals on loan at Weymouth last season. And he's also brought in Danny Newton, um, who's played over 100 games for Stevenage. Um, so Danny Newton was part of the Jamie Vardy's V9 Academy um, setup, um, and well known around our parts of the world mm. for non-league exploits as well. So, um, so yeah, so he's bolstered the attack. Um, and I suppose that was the one area where you know, they they may have been lucky. We've always been quite strong at the back, as you've as you've quite rightly pointed out. Um, but yeah, going forward, hopefully this is going to be quite an exciting season. What do you think? The kind of the, you know, we can easily get swallowed up at Rex, and we we see the the ins and outs of the club all the time. What's the kind of mood outside of the club in other fans? Are people looking at Wrexham as as kind of big favourites, or is it, or is it kind of a wait and see? It's a bit like you said with Solihull, because Wrexham got a lot of moving parts 
Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think because of the ownership of their people are expecting great things, I think it's fair to say. Um, so people from afar, you know, look at, at what you've got. I mean, you've also got a few ex-Laws players as well. So, you know, there's a, there's a bit of an interest in, in Wrexham. Uh, but then again, I think people look at Moors and, and they think, well, you know, allegedly the club are paying out a, a you know fair bit of money themselves. So I think both Moors and Wrexham from the outsiders are probably thinking, well, they, we should be up there pushing towards the top end of the table. But then again, you could probably say the same about half a dozen other clubs as well. No, that's the thing with this division. You just sort of never know. But Moors last season, you have to say it was probably below, well below their expectations. You know, they didn't make the playoffs in the end and, and they were... You know, bottom half for for a large chunk of the season before kind of yo-yoing up and down. You've kind of seen games last season. Was it a real disappointment, or was that kind of just accepted given the circumstances of of how the season was playing out? I think what you've got to, it, it, there was big disappointments. I mean, since the the new chairman came in, each year was going to be the year. You know, to get he's very ambitious and he wants the club into the football league. Um, so, you know. The, the means have been put there for managers to, to do that. Um, we started the season with um, Jimmy Shan, who was a coach at West Brom, in charge, played some lovely football, but he was hamstrung by some key injuries. And earlier on, you said about Alex Goodger. Um, our two centre-halves were missing for the entire season. So Alex Goodger and Callum Howe, um, first-choice centre-halves, both missed the entire season. Um, and our, I don't know, our maverick midfielder, our influence, you know, the influence uh, who makes things happen, which is Jamie Osborne, who's a real fan's favourite. He also missed the whole season. So you've got three players who <clears throat> didn't kick a ball. You've got other players who only played half a season. Adam Rooney, I've mentioned. Um, Joe Sabara, another midfielder, creative midfielder. So there was very little creativity. And, and while we were OK at the back, we made... <clears throat> I can't remember how many centre-halves we had or pairings we had, probably about, I don't know, a dozen. But it was the creativity and going forward that we that we lacked. And I think um, it was only when Mark Yates came in on a, a temporary basis that I think all of a sudden things began to click. Um, one or two players started coming back in, Sabara and Rooney. And towards the end of the season, there was a, a massive push. And I think in the end, we weren't too far off the playoffs. Um, I'm not saying we deserved to get into the playoffs, because, you know, the season as a whole, we were poor. But I think there were reasons behind that. No, we're, we're very much trying to forget the playoffs, given we were in there until the very last day and then dropped out after uh, drawing at Dagenham. So that was obviously heartbreaking for us. But, you know, Moors are one of those teams where, where I think ourselves look at, you know, Wrexham fans, it goes without saying, we're a lot happier with a home game to start the season. Um, you know, I think anyone at home, you know, Wrexham's record against Solihull is far better at the race course than it is... Um, up, up in Solihull and, and I know we've sold out our allocation today sold it out very quickly and there's a lot of expectation new season but what is it about the kind of the home crowd or just the the the, the, the ground at Solihull that, that gets to so many teams because home record has been pretty key looking from afar it seems that you've particularly been good at home you know under Flowers and, and previous managers I don't know, to be honest. I mean, that, that is true. Um, our, our home record is is pretty impressive. Um, what what teams find so difficult with, with the Moors grounds, with Dums and Nader, Dums and Fire, I have no idea. Um, when Tim Flowers was there, maybe it was the snow that came on the ball as it landed. I don't know. Um, but it's, it is one of those strange things. It's, um, 
they're not the most vociferous fans in the world. Um, they don't get the biggest crowd. I mean, you know, if you compare our home gates to somewhere like yours or, mm. you know, some of the other, ex, you know, ex-pro ex clubs, ex-football league clubs, um, we can't match that. Um, but there's something, there's, there's certainly something that, that makes the Moors play better and maybe puts the size off. What that is, I have no idea mm. at all. So looking looking at the ahead to the weekend of the game, you know, Wrexham have got a lot of concerns in, in different positions, injuries and whatnot, goalkeeper being one of them. When we're looking at Moors, we've rattled off a few players there and, and a lot of the ones you mentioned have scored against Wrexham. You're thinking someone like Jamie Osborne or Goodger or others like that. Talk us through some of the some of the ones to watch, you know, the, the key sort of spine of that team. I mean, who who's gonna be the, the man tasked with keeping Wrexham out of the weekend? Who who's the number one going into this season? Do we know that? <coughs> Um, well, uh, I'm presuming <clears throat> in, we've had a strange situation because Ryan Boot, who, who didn't miss a league game for three seasons, uh, I think he's played 147 consecutive league games for the Moors. Mm. Um, and that included FA Cups as well, apart from one where um, he didn't quite make it because his car burst into flames. Um, okay. poor, poor show, if you ask me. But anyway, <laughs> he um, so he left at the end of last season, but has, has re-signed um, in the last few weeks. So, um, Booty is not the biggest keeper, but well able and in a good custodian. So, um, and I think what we're going to find now, um, Goodger and Callum Howe are are back. Whether they're going to be back for the start for Saturday, I'm not sure. They're they're training. Um, I've not seen too much pre-season. So, sure. and and the new manager Neil Ardley has has made changes and swapped and changed things around as well to get players, you know, uh, game time. Um, but as you said, the spine of the team is quite strong. You've got Callum Howe, you've got Goodger in the centre there. You've also got um, a couple of new signings who, who've come in, one in particular, Matt Preston, um, signed from Barnet, ex-Warsaw and Swindon, um, experienced big centre-half. And then in front of those, you've got Carl Storer, uh, as you said, who had a, a spell at Wrexham. Um, and he's the club captain, been there, probably one of the longest-serving players. And and the way they play with, with, with Stora and probably a another, um, well, this is how they played last season, with a another just in front of the back four, they're difficult to break down. Now, whether Neil Ardley's going to utilise that 4-2-3-1 system that served Moores over the last few years, who knows? But mm. certainly in the past, that, that's what's made them so so tricky to, to, to get through. Carl Storer is someone we know well, and, and like you say, we've got a couple of our own. I mean, Solihull and Wrexham had quite the crossover, you think. Danny Wright, who was a re- real fan's favourite at Wrexham, and we think Adi Youssef, less of a fan's favourite, now joined Yeovil. Jamie Record we've got now, and, and you know, this kind of others crossover. Carl Storer, talk to us a bit about him and, and how, you know, I know he's the club captain now. How impressed have you been since he's joined the Moors and kind of how he's dictate because he's a little terry really in the midfield he seems to love winding people up he seems to love getting under people's skin which is infuriating when you're on the opposition but when he's on your team i think of someone going back a few years i think of someone like craig disley at, at yeah. grimsby these kind of sort of general midfield generals that we're actually crying out for you know someone just to know how to do in, in a nice possible way you know the, the dark arts of being in the referee's ear and just kind of getting under people's skin and dictating the game ultimately you know, how impressed have you been with him? Do you think? Um, I, yeah, I, I think with 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 Stars, he's he's one of those who doesn't do the, the sensational, but what he does, he does eight out of ten every week. Um, he never really puts a foot wrong. I, what was interesting was the start of last season when we were playing um, quite a 
<laughs> a, a fluid system. Um, the ball rarely went through his feet. Um, and he was very much a bystander just because of the style that we were playing under Jimmy Shan. And the ball was going out wide. And um, it, I mean, it was lovely to watch. But for people like Stars, I think he was finding it a bit frustrating at times. Um, then Mark Yates came in, who was actually his old gaffer at um, Cheltenham. Um and probably got the best out of Carl Stora. And I think he's 34 now. Um, and he, I thought he played the latter part of last season. Was, he was probably certainly all the best player. I just thought he rose to the challenge. And when they needed someone to um, to shore things up, as, as you quite rightly said, he's, he's, he's a man, he's a warrior, um, and he'll win the ball. And he's, he's not going to necessarily play the, the 60, 70-yard diagonals. He's going to keep it simple, but he'll win that ball. He breaks things up and he's always in the referee's ear and he frustrates. I think that's the, the thing. And him and he played alongside Callum Maycock last year and the two of them were, were excellent. Um, yeah, and I think he's been skipper for two and a half seasons and yeah, he, he probably sums up the solid spirit. And that could be why they do so well at home because they are a battling, a side of battling players. And, and Jamie Osborne is another one who, you know, he quite likes to tackle, does Jamie. Um, and I think there's a few like that who, um, you know, will, will take no prisoners. I think, there's, I think it's fair to say, I mean, I've, I've been to Solihull many times to watch Wrexham and I always come away disappointed. Is it, is it a mentality thing with this group? You know, I've, I've, we've rattled off, you know, a lot of these experienced players, but it's just they're kind of... The, the real sheer belief in themselves. That's what I feel like when we play Solihull is that they're just brimming with confidence or they, they're brimming with understanding of their own ability. You know, you, you say you've got bags of experience that in, in yesteryear we haven't had. You think it's fair to say that there's been enough players at this club now that are still there that just understand the club and understand the demands of the team? Yeah, I think that's probably the case. I mean, even the, the like, as I say, the six or seven who've who've come in, um, there is still a, a hard core of players um, who know the Solihull setup, who know what it means. And of course, the other thing as well is that uh, Solihull. Yes, people say, "Oh, they're going to be up there or thereabouts," but nobody really knows about little. It's still little Solihull, mm. you know, little Solihull Moors. We haven't really got a history. Um, you know, it's two clubs that amalgamated, neither of which really played at any decent level. So I think that's that's in their favour as well, that the expectations aren't really that great. Whereas I'm sure for you guys up there, um, you know, the fans, you know, anything short of in the playoffs and, and getting promotion again um, is, is probably a disappointment. So, so, you know, our owners are well documented. You just turn on any streaming service, you'll see Rob McElhinney or Ryan Reynolds. But, you know, a lot's been made that Solihull in recent years have really gone big like you say the, the the belief is that they've spent good money and that they're really pushing to to bridge that gap to the football league which is you know impossibly tough getting out of the league when there's only one automatic spot talk to us a bit about you know before you go of, of the owners and kind of a bit of detail about them who they are because they're maybe not quite as well known to fans outside of solly hall well, um, Daryl Eels is, is the main guy. He's the chairman. He came in um, a couple of years, maybe three years ago, um, two or three years ago, and um, and yet yeah, invested big time. But I think what he's done, he's done things the right way um, in that you look at the infrastructure now, and I don't know how many years you've been coming down to um, to Solihull, but it's it's, it's it's very noticeable the changes in the in the ground and in the setup. Um, 
you know everything about the place that the facilities now are football league standard i i think it's fair to say um and it's i think that was his key his key was to get everything ready off the field and making sure all the infrastructure was in place um all the the backroom team was in place and then the final piece in the jigsaw is finding the, the team the probably the most awkward piece is finding the team that's going to get you there but i think when we do get there um the confidence you see that when we do get there um the club will be ready to ready to to move on yeah i mean like i say i'd, I'd when i started to come i'd started to see those developments especially in the stands you know i'd, I'd come from opposite the i'd say the main stand there was there was nothing and then then suddenly a kind of temporary stand was there and now you know um it's it's really starting to take shape and and it should be a good it should be a good occasion on on, on saturday you know big sellout crowd big Wrexham fans are very expectant let's say of a big season um and i'm Naturally, I mean, people who listen to this pod will know that I'm quite naturally pessimistic when it comes to Wrexham, and particularly so when we have to go to Solihull Moors. And I thought we'd maybe put this off until April, when we uh, <laughs> when the wheels would be turning and, and we'd be, we'd all, all clicked. But you know, Neil Ardley is an established manager you know, at, at this level, and 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 it didn't work out from a Notts County. Had a few months out, but I saw when he joined, he was talking about. A project, you know, he wanted a project he could work at and he wanted to be backed. And it seems like he's got both of those. You know, Solihull, like you say, is still kind of, you're saying, they're not, out from the outside, people aren't backing them to win the league against a Stockport or a, or as dare I say, Wrexham. And, and you know, he's been backed to bring in players. So, you know, he's got the tools there, you would think, to, to give it a real good go. Well, certainly, yeah, um, and you know, with him, he's um, he's brought um, Greg Abbott, his his trusty coach, with him as well. Um, but he's also kept the backroom team, well, a large portion of the backroom team that was here previously. So um, James Quinn, uh, Northern Ireland international, who's been you know a coach down at Moors for a few years now. So that continuity is there. It goes back to what we we're saying. So they know the Solihull way. Um, whether he's going to change too much, I don't know. But I, I haven't had too many dealings with with Neil as yet. But I understand everyone I've spoken to praises him highly, both with his his technical acumen, but also as a person. So, um, so I'm certainly looking forward to uh, to the coming season. Big thanks to David there for giving us that solid perspective and. As he sort of alluded to there, he, he, seemed, he seemed pretty confident and, and I think Solihull Moors will relish going under the radar a little bit, you know. They'll kind of... They're, they're established at this look, they're established at this level and people like Kyle Hudlin have, have got that chip on their shoulder, you know, having played it, like he said, uh, park football. So, yeah, big thanks to David and big thanks to Dan as well who came on. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, do get in touch. You can get in touch, as some of you have done. and really appreciate all of those uh, on email, which is robryanred at gmail.com. If you want to hear from me and Rich in particular for any blog posts or anything like that over the course of the season, as I know some non-league blogs have done, more than happy to help you there. And if you want to get in touch with us on Twitter, where we are very, very active, and you can reach us there at Rob Ryan Red. So all that's left to be said now is the season is finally here. Paul Mullen will get his first competitive action for Wrexham, as will Jake Hyde, as will Aaron Hayden, and as will David Jones were captained by Luke Young and it's time to 
take off. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.